0: Quarters of Ramsey Solutions, broadcasting from the Dollar Car Rental Studios. It's the Dave Ramsey Show, where debt is dumb, cash is king, and the paid off home mortgage has taken the place of the BMW. My co host on the show today, Ramsey personality, number one best selling author, Christy Wright, joins me as we talk about your life and your money. It's a free call at 888 825 5225. It's free, and some say the advice is worth exactly what you pay for it. 888 Christy Tyler is going to start us off in Kansas. Hey, Tyler, what's up?
1: Hi, Dave. Thank you for your time. Sure. How um, can Christy and I help? I'm
0: in, situ-
1: I'm in a situation where I know I'm going to be laid off later this year, and we've been pretty smart with our money, and I'm wondering if it's time for me to try something new and not worry about
0: my salary. Like what? What are you suggesting?
1: Um, just anything anything that I would think that would make me feel better because I've been in engineering for 20 years, and I think I'm kind of burned out. And so my wife is pretty supportive because, you know, financially we'd, we've been smart again. And I'm just wondering if I should be able to take the risk, and I wanted your input on it.
0: Well, what are you risking? I mean, what are you going to go do?
1: Um, I guess just something locally. I was thinking maybe even teaching at the schools or something.
0: I'm not hearing something.
2: Yeah. I, you said you're burned out and you're going to be laid off. So are you saying to just do something now, just switch gears now, or go ahead and plan for that whenever you get laid off? I guess I'm just, there seems like some gaps, Tyler.
1: Yeah, I guess I really don't want to do engineering. And I was thinking if I was to go work for retail and even get minimum wage. You just, just want to do
0: something different. That. Yeah, exactly. that's, that's ridiculous. Okay. That's ridiculous. You're running from something, not to something. And uh, everything you're describing, I'm hearing, is just like roll over and surrender and let life roll over the top of you. Well, no thanks. Uh, I'm not going to participate it, in that plan. No, you need to come up with a new dream, dude, that's better than engineering. Not working a big-box store for freaking minimum wage.
1: But would it matter if I've been doing this for a while, and I guess I think I've reached the point where we're financially independent? That I should throw my How old are, are the you? 43.
0: Okay, so you're going to do lame underpaid work for the next 25 years because you're financially independent. I'm well, not I'm doing that, about- and I've been financially independent for 25 years.
1: I guess my wife tells me I should at least do something mentally stimulating, and
2: that benefits society. Well, here's the thing, Tyler. The whole premise of what you're asking is, can I either make good money as an engineer and be miserable or make no money and be happy? There's a different option here where you make good money and you're happy.
0: Yeah. It doesn't have to be one or the other. And something that has meaning. And and so what we need to do is step aside from the burnout and say, okay, that's going to be in the rearview mirror at whatever point you decide to make that step, but let's run to something that has some zeal to it and some passion to it and, and make some dadgum money.
2: And you're a smart guy, Tyler. You're an engineer. Like, you can use those skills in a different way, even if, if you don't want to use it in the traditional way. You've been using it for 20 years that, that burned you out. You can still use your skills and do something that makes good money and makes you happy.
0: Yeah, the, 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 the thing is, just because you've got a problem, let's say you got $10 million. Okay, I'll just make up a number. Uh, You don't have to work, but it still doesn't mean you need to go work a brain-dead job. You know, you need to go do something that's fun and uh, that's stimulating and that your wife is right, that that, uh, benefits society, and you might go make more money than you've ever made in your life, not because you need money, but because you're finally doing something you love and you got some passion for. So I I would jump into Ken Coleman's materials, if I were you, and, and start dreaming again. It sounds like you're just, your spirit is just low. Uh, it's just like, well, I've got enough money. I'm not going to do anything. Instead of like, woohoo! I get to do something, <laughs> you know, so that you need to, that's what I would want for you. Uh, so yeah, you need to make a change. I don't have any issue with that. And depending on how much money you got and how much money you're going to spend on the change, how you make the change would be up for grabs. But right now I don't have anything I can sink my teeth into to help you with that part of it. So, yeah, get a hold of Ken Coleman. Go to KenColeman.com and start thinking about, you know, what it is that makes you smile, dude. What it is that makes you happy. I know what it is that makes me smile. I I love helping people. I'm a great teacher and communicator. And when I'm doing those things, I feel alive. And, um, you know, if I can do all those things and make money, too. a touchdown.
2: Yeah, and it's interesting too, because what I keep hearing, Dave, just like you said, he's running from this job that has burned him out or whatever, but what's interesting is, if you work this retail job at $8 an hour, whatever it is, and you're used to making really good money, and you're a really smart guy, and you're not challenged at all, you're not going to like that either. That's not going to be fun. You think it's fun because you've escaped the bad situation. You need to find something that's going to give you the dignity of your intellect and your experience with the paycheck as well, and you'll actually be proud of it and have fun.
0: It's not because you need money no no uh, so being financially independent just allows you to do some of those things but that's it doesn't freedom it doesn't mean we have to dumb it down the purpose of uh becoming financially you know building a pile of cash to live like no one else so that later you can live like no one else and that's not living all right annette is with us in colorado hi annette how are you hi dave i love you so much well, we love you annette <laughs> what's up kiddo Um.
3: So I bought your book, The Total Money Makeover, about a year and a half ago, and I cannot explain to my husband anything, and I don't even know how to begin to talk to him anymore about it, because it is an ongoing fight. We're in marriage counseling because of it. Every time I try to tell him, no, you don't need to spend everything you make. He's like, well, I don't work this hard to not spend my money. And I'm like, yeah, but we're so far in debt. Stop. So I was just going to see if he had some advice to like, I don't know, knock some sense into him.
0: Mm, I think you've been trying to knock sense into him. It didn't work. So knocking sense into people usually doesn't work. So you're in marriage counseling for real?
3: Yeah, we're we're seriously in marriage counseling cuz the fighting over money has gotten to the point that like we don't we don't really speak sometimes.
0: <laughs> how long how many how many sessions of counseling have you gone to? 7. And how's it going? Are you making progress?
3: Uh, not particularly, but this is our eighth session coming up next Monday on our fourth round.
0: <laughs> but are you making progress?
3: No, no, Why? it's still that ongoing battle. Why? Um, because we're really not that far into debt. No, 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 no. I asked
0: about your marriage counseling. Are you oh, making progress in your marriage?
3: No, because <laughs> all we do is fight about money, and we so will the not counselor agree on on it. sucks,
0: or you guys aren't <laughs> listening. Um, eight sessions, and there's no improvement.
3: No, he's still, because I tried to see his side of it, and I'm like, okay, it's okay to take a little out to have fun. It doesn't have to be the whole paycheck. And he'll agree, and then we'll come home, we'll do a budget, and then he'll end up spending like three or $400 that I'm having to go, wait, 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 no, where to go?
0: Okay, you you don't have a money problem. You have a marriage problem. So stay in marriage counseling and learn to work together. And it's not about you acquiescing or him acquiescing. It's about learning to communicate and being agreeing on your values. And that's what you're going to have to lean into. This is the Dave Ramsey Show. There's almost always a rise in break-ins this time of year. It's why Simply Safe Home Security is having a huge holiday sale. Recently, US News and World Report called it the best home security of 2020. So, whether you're traveling or staying put this season, protect your home. Get 30% off Simply Safe plus a free security camera today by visiting simplysafedirect.com. Hurry, this deal expires on Friday. That's simplysafedirect.com. My co-host today on the Dave Ramsey Show, Christy Wright, Ramsey Personality, number one best-selling author of the book Business Boutique. Morgan is with us to uh, start this segment off from Canada. Hi, Morgan. How are you?
4: I am great, Dave. Thank you to you and Christy for taking my call today. It's an honor to speak with you.
0: You too. How can we help?
4: My question is about term life insurance and whether or not my wife and I need it at this point in our lives.
5: Mm
4: -hmm. Um, We just we just completed FPU online. Uh, we're on baby step two. We're about halfway through our debt with uh, 38,000 left uh-huh. and we expect to be debt-free by the end of November.
5: Uh-huh.
4: Our household income is about 170,000 before tax.
5: Uh-huh.
4: Uh, we're currently renting. We don't own our own home yet. But uh-huh. We're planning to buy a house in the next year, year and a half.
5: Uh-huh.
4: Um, we don't have any kids or any dependents.
5: Uh-huh.
4: Um, Currently, through my employer, I have a small amount of life insurance. I think it's one time my actual salary, one time my annual salary.
5: Mm-hmm.
4: And my wife does not have any through her work uh, or any other form of insurance. How old are you? Uh, and we're we are thirty two and thirty.
0: Okay. All right.
4: And we're we're just wondering if we need more life insurance, if we need term life insurance more yes. than what my employer provides. Yes. You at do. this point in our lives, or if we need to wait.
0: Yeah, you do, because. If something happened to you, or something happened to her, your life is going to be materially changed by a lack of money, right? And so we have to we have to supply the money for that loss. And so it's not as it's not as uh, acute. The need is not as acute as if you had three kids running around there. But if something happens to you, her life is a, is a mess. And mm-hmm. you know, and at 32 years old, it didn't cost anything for you to buy half a million on you and half a million on her, or seven hundred fifty thousand on you, seven hundred fifty thousand on her. It just didn't cost anything. It's the cost of a pizza. And so, and you know, the the way I know this, and Christy, we've seen this so many times, is we get to talk to the spouse of the 30 year old that wasn't going to die, yeah, and did, and uh, how they feel, you know, just just. Run the picture out. What happens if there's no insurance or just enough to bury you and you're gone? And how? What does that? what's the situation financially, the structure of your wife's life after you're gone, if you get hit by a car tomorrow? Vice versa. Same thing if something happens to her. And you go, well, I would just keep working. Yeah, you would. But you would have been knocked over on your head. And, you know, it just doesn't take a lot of money to make sure that everything's okay. If it, was, if it was thousands and thousands of dollars, it'd be different. But right. it's, just a few, it's just a few dollars.
2: Yeah, it's interesting how you always weigh out that cost because especially when you're young, you can get it for relatively cheap. And I think people always think of life insurance as just a thing for kids. That even how he asked that, it was like, well, we don't have any kids. I think a lot of people often think that, that I need it if I have kids, I don't if I don't. But like you said, it's going to change their lives and you need to account for that.
0: Well, the, the need is, is more obvious yeah. when there's kids. It's more acute. Yeah, But the, uh, but, but, and and, you know, would she be able to struggle through if something happened to you? Yeah. I mean, she's making good money. You're making good money for a total of 175 or unless one of you is really killing it and the other one's not. But I mean, would she be able to make it if she's making uh, 80, 90,000 bucks a year? Sure. She'd be able to make it at 30 years old. Uh, but there's a gap there and she might like to have some other options. And so, uh, I I would put life insurance on you guys now and and get used to carrying that until you have a large enough pile of investments to where you don't need any insurance because your investments would take care of you. You become self-insured by getting rid of all the debt, and that includes your home, and you become self-insured by the kids being raised and leave if there's kids involved, and you become self-insured by the pile of money. And so if you have no mortgage, the kids are grown and gone, and there's a million dollars in mutual funds. You don't need insurance yeah. in most cases. You'd be fine. But if you're sitting where you guys are sitting, you got no money and, uh, you know, a little bit of insurance and a little bit of debt and a great income. So it's not as devastating as it would be for other people probably, but yes, it's as inexpensive as it is, I would make sure i got life insurance in place. Check xanderinsurance.com and they'll help you get a quick, easy quote among about a bazillion different companies where you can get the best possible price. Greg's in D.C. Hey, Greg, how are you?
5: I'm fine. Thanks for taking my call.
0: Sure. How can we help?
5: So I have kind of a two-part question. Uh, first question is, well, first thing is, me and my wife were on big step two. And she just, about eight months ago, she gave birth to our second child, and now she's, she breastfed both our children for a year. Now we're getting to the point where we're not having any more kids, and she kind of wants a mommy makeover, and I don't, I want her to feel comfortable, but I don't know how to fit that into what we're doing now.
0: I, I, I'm sorry. He
2: doesn't know what that is. I can tell you right now, Greg. Uh, <laughs> it's an expensive procedure. Um, oh. I would say that that, I'm going to let Dave take it, but I, I would say if you're on baby step two, then that would be treated like any other expense that you would want to probably push after you're debt-free. But, Dave, you you take it away. <laughs>
0: yeah. Well, I mean, uh, you're talking about cosmetic surgery? Yeah. Okay. All right. Yeah, That look, cosmetic surgery is not an emergency. It's a desire. And um, it's it can be, in many cases, a reasonable desire. I would do that after baby step three after you finish your emergency fund. Uh, same thing, you know, it, it's, um, you know, these are, you, you don't, a, a going on vacation is not a need, it's a want. Buying a new couch is not a need, it's a want. This is a want. And it's not required for life. If this was a medical procedure required for your life, then it would be an, a, an emergency, and you'd stop everything you're doing right now, and you would do that. But, um, but, but. Uh, and it may be a valid expense. It may be something you all want to spend money on. The two of you, when you talk it through, there's nothing wrong with that at all. Uh, but but I would do that after you have your emergency fund in place and after your um uh uh you know after you're out of debt because it's going to make it very easy to save up and pay for the portion of the procedure that you have to pay for out of pocket. Yeah. And I don't know with a medical. Uh, insurance will cover that or not. It depends on your health plan, Yes, yeah.
2: yeah, and depend on what it is, too.
0: Yeah. But, I mean, like I had a call the other day from a guy who, uh, or a lady, I believe it was, I don't remember, uh, someone, and they had lost like 150 pounds, mm-hmm. and they were like the skin. Mm-hmm. They wanted yeah. to have their skin, right. you know, put back. Yeah. And I'm like, yeah, oh, you went through all that? You yeah, Gum right, valid. I would want to do that. That's pretty cool. I mean, your Gum hero losing yeah. 150 pounds is amazing. And so yeah, I would want to do that, but is it necessary to live? No. And so right. it's an item, it's cosmetic surgery. Yeah. And yes I would but would I think the procedure was like Delaney was on with me, I think it was like twenty thousand bucks or yeah. something. And um but yeah, I would I would spend twenty grand on that. Yeah. But it's a personal choice, but it's not an emergency.
2: It's just in the same hierarchy of priorities like you would do anything with your expenses. That is, a, a like you said, not a necessary expense, but you just roll it into, okay, once we're baby, step three, it's a we reasonable just save up for it. Right, yeah. Save up for it, it. Is, yeah.
0: Is visiting you know, Paris, France a reasonable goal? Absolutely. Yeah. If that's what you want to do with your money, and yeah. that, that's cool. Go do it. Yeah. And uh, highly recommend it. Yeah. You know? But, but that, you don't do that when you don't have an emergency fund.
2: Yeah. I would say the other thing, too, with Greg's situation is a lot of times, at least I experienced this, Dave, when we as a family were like, OK, we're our family is complete. There's something so um, that feels urgent of like, I just want to get back to myself. I just want to feel like myself again. So mm-hmm. I probably hear that in his wife of like, let's do it right now because I just want to feel like me again. And and she she has time. She's you know, what I mean, like she like you said, you can save and, and still have that procedure where she can have her confidence, feel like herself again. But it doesn't have to happen tomorrow. You know, what I mean, it's, it's she's she's just had a baby, like just have a little bit of grace for herself in the in the process.
0: Well, I mean, you spend a lot of time in that get back to you, right? mm-hmm. I mean, that's what the new devotional yep. that we're messing that you're building out, yeah. and uh, that's what it's all about, isn't it? Yeah,
2: well, especially, too, when you're going through that season of having kids, of feeling like, you know, everything going on with your body, when you can do anything, whether it's go for a run, or do yoga, or just wear your old clothes, anything that makes you feel like yourself, you feel like, oh, yeah, there I am. You know, for years, I've been having babies, taking care of babies, like, I want to feel at least for a moment every now and then like myself, yeah. and so I think any thing that helps you do that um, you know within reason is a, is a good healthy thing
0: absolutely absolutely it's money well spent but at the proper priority
2: right right yeah. that's good well
0: done good good questions christy wright my co-host today here on the dave ramsey show You wouldn't trade your education for anything, but what about your student loan debt? Well, that's got to go, and Splash Financial can help. Splash Financial helps you save money on your student loans, period. They give you access to the best network of lenders and the technology to quickly get the best refinance offers that suit your needs. Take advantage of historically low rates with Splash Financial's low rate guarantee. You can't go wrong. Sign up today at SplashFinancial.com slash Ramsey. Eustace Wright, Ramsey personality, number one best-selling author, is my co-host today here on the Dave Ramsey Show. Open phones at 888-825-5225. Casey is with us in Ohio. Hi, Casey. How are you?
5: Uh, I'm doing good. Thank you, guys, so much for taking my call.
0: Sure. Yeah. How can we help?
5: Uh, yeah, we are. Me and my girlfriend are very new to your guys, uh, to you, Dave, um, and we have been living together for years. Uh, for a year and a half, um, and I wish we wish we were turned on to you uh, right sooner, but um, we're trying to set up a budget to start um, saving. We're on baby step number two. We both have a $1,000 saved up um, for an emergency fund. Um, we both have a little bit of debt that we're trying to work out, um, and we've been together five years, and budgeting has always been like a touchy subject between us, and I'm trying to figure out the best way to set up a budget and the best way to talk to her about budgeting.
0: Will you marry me? <laughs> that that would fix it. <laughs> That'd be the first step to fixing it. If you want to talk to her, I'm, I'm messing with you, but uh, we don't recommend that you budget together with your roommate, only your wife, because there are legal implications and, uh, other implications relational implications as well and so as long as you're going to be roommates you need to run separate finances um, I mean as if you had uh, you know a, a guy roommate from college or something right and you still got to negotiate over whose mustard that is in the refrigerator and all that crap right but you need to run separate finances and we split the rent we split the cable bill or whatever just like you would uh, with a traditional roommate but uh you know you you so you... You, th- you then begin asking because if you want to join in on your goals and you do that without the benefit of marriage you set yourself up for all kinds of problems in the event that we don't get married because legally uh you own half of this car she owns half of this car uh you die now you own half of, she, now she owns half of the car with your mother because she doesn't have any rights you see what I'm saying? Okay,
5: yeah. Um. So would you just do fifty 50% and fifty percent? We both go in half until we're married.
0: Then on household um, expenses, yeah, yes, and run separate budgets. Okay. So when are you getting married? Um, <laughs> I was going to ask it if you didn't. <laughs> uh, I, I was waiting I'm for really, my chance to only, ask. What? <laughs> the <laughs> only thing that I'm
5: struggling with is she's had some issues. Well, we both have had issues financially, um, and she, um doesn't really want to share her financing financial um history with me or basically where she's at financially and it's usually kind of gets us in an argument because she's gets kind of ashamed about um her credit card debt and where she's at and that kind of prevents me from wanting to get married. Yeah. So I'm trying to five out years the best dude
0: way to five years? Yeah. Yeah this isn't five months. It's five years. So, listen, you do whatever you want to do. Like you said, you're new to us, and when you call in here, we're not trying to be mean to you or snarky with you or something. Uh, How old are you guys?
5: Uh, We're both 26.
0: Okay. I have a 28-year-old son, and if he called me with this question, what I would tell him is that, uh, as his dad, what I would tell him, and I love him, is that I would want to see this marriage start or this relationship probably sit down with someone and do some pre-marriage counseling and start to see some of these areas heal to where we can move forward in the relationship because a 5 year relationship that is stagnant is not a good that's not a good omen for either one of you having a, a positive outcome 10 years from now. And so I would want to see your relationship start to heal these areas of shame that she's dealing with. She can start to open up and you got, you can give her some grace in those areas to where you can see yourselves combining the mistakes of the past and the assets from the past and, um, for richer, for poorer in sickness and health. And I'm trying to talk you into getting married, <laughs> but, uh, because I, because I, because that's what I would tell my own son. Yeah. A- and, uh, you know, th- this, the sort of kind of thing doesn't bode well for your careers, your health—it uh, doesn't bode well for your relationship. Statistically, the data points, and it certainly doesn't bode well for your uh, your wealth building. Yeah, there's a huge marital benefit uh, to wealth building.
2: Yeah, I think it's interesting what he said about um, with his girlfriend and the like the shame or regret because that that seems to be like the the holdup. That's where we've got to work mm-hmm. and, and like you said, do the healing counseling, whatever that looks like. Because if they don't fix that that lack of trust, the lack of connection there, you're never going to get married. You're never going to make progress. You're never going to share finances. We have to figure out what's going on that she doesn't feel comfortable enough to share that yeah. or, or what the wound is there. And once you get that, you may just realize, like, wow, that was, that was the one thing holding us back. Now we can get married, combine finances, and, and reach our goals together.
0: And having coached people with those same kinds of things inside of marriage mm-hmm. uh, over the years, I've watched a lot of people have some real good healing experiences in the relationship. By just working on that yeah. and going, you know, hey, you know, when I went broke, you know, my wife, bless her heart, she thought she married Sir Galahad, turns out it was Goober, you know, and so there's this crisis of confidence yeah. and it took a while for her to have trust. Yeah. Again. When well, there's and, such, there is such shame and, around money. And that's money. reasonable.
2: Yeah. There's such shame around money. Even when Matt and I got engaged, Matt had always been a, a saver, still is, and he had a good savings account. And I came in with debt. Like I was, wor- I was working on baby step two. Whenever he and I were dating, so you brought a
0: negative net worth, and he bought a positive mm-hmm. net worth. Yeah. yeah. But
2: it's embarrassing too to have yeah. to reveal that to yeah. sit. Down. I remember the first time we well, sat down. Well, and
0: ha- and to accept it that he's going to now you're going right. to combine it, and what he's done positively is going to be damaged. Right by what you've done negatively right.
2: thankfully i actually became debt-free the week before he proposed he didn't know that the timing worked out that way so i was i was on baby step two when we were dating okay and then paid off my debt the final debt the very next week he proposed so i was able to go into engagement debt free but, but what's
0: interesting about that let's say you hadn't right and you were going to bring debt in right. and he had positive savings right or it could be the other way around right lady man switch switch that out but what's interesting is the one with savings doesn't worry about it yeah but the one with the debt is all jammed up about right
2: because you're embarrassed.
0: It's it's it, like he said, shamed. Right, right, and, right. and uh, because shame, there's three negative emotions that drive people's money crazy: shame and guilt, and and so grace mm-hmm. for yourself and for the other people in your life around that is a big deal, and uh, and that's not being codependent. It's mm-hmm. not saying I'm going to continue to endorse your stupidity, but because you had stupid somewhere in your past. You give people shame, you know, you give yourself grace and you give, your, give others grace in that. And then the other one's cynicism, which is where people have been messed over by money people and they're, you know, they immediately think anybody talking about money is a shyster. You know, mm-hmm. so Dave Ramsey's a snake oil salesman, all that BS, yeah. right? So, uh, but the the, the the point is, is that there's a, you know, he he's really on to something there, Casey is, w- with recognizing that in her. Mm-hmm. And that gives you an opportunity because all relationships are growing or they're dying and and so there's no there's no just in the middle and and so it's what I'm encouraging you here is to push on this in a you know it's like in a healing way yeah that that causes take some steps that cause healing and that'll move you towards marriage or it'll move you away from this relationship one of the two right and one of the two needs to happen yeah. because it's just hanging out thing it's there, it's not got positive implications for your future.
2: Yeah, and that's the reason the budgeting conversation hasn't gone well anyway. So when he's tried to bring it up, it's been this kind of digging heels in because there's this this information, this hold up, this kind of barrier between them. So I agree. I think they they fix that, then it's going to open up a lot more clarity about the future.
0: And the thing is, Casey, the reason we're talking about this so at length is that um, you know your situation is like everybody.
2: Very common. That's
0: right. Yeah, it's everybody, and so we got 17 million people listening to this discussion right now. And this applies to 15 million of them. You know what I mean? It's like somewhere in there, people are having this discussion. It's the number one cause of divorce and disagreement is money and money fights. Because when you cannot agree on your dreams and your fears, you can't agree on hardly anything. And it's all reflected in your money. Mm -hmm. Christy Wright is my co-host today here on the Dave Ramsey Show. Ramsey Wright, Ramsey Personality, joins us as our co-host today here on the Dave Ramsey Show. Rebecca is next, and Rebecca's in California. Hi, Rebecca. How are you?
3: Hi, Rebecca. I mean, hi, Rebecca. Oh, my gosh. Hi, Dave. Hi. Hi. (laughs) Thank you for taking my call.
2: (laughs) Welcome. How can we help?
3: So I'm calling because my husband showed up uh, last week. Uh, from work and he says that he wants to buy a $5,000 gun. <laughs> we, we just got out of debt. Um, we handed in the fleeces. We purchased our, our first car cash and we are stocking up money, piling up money to buy, uh, a house. And I am the dream killer now because he doesn't, he thinks that we should, he should be able to buy this $5,000 gun. So I just wanted to get both of your point of view on, on this.
0: So you're out of debt, you have your emergency fund, and you would have the 5000 beyond that, but it would come out of your down payment fund for your house. Am I understanding you right?
3: Correct, yep. We have about uh, $72,000 saved, but we're still, we live in California, so it costs a lot to buy a house here. Mm-hmm. So that's just scratching the surface of, of, of buying a house. We probably need to save more along the lines of one hundred and fifty dollars for a 20% down on a home here.
0: Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. Uh, what's your household income?
3: We make about one hundred and forty five thousand dollars a year okay. between my husband and I. And
0: is there mm-hmm. anything unique about this particular purchase?
3: I mean, it's a custom gun, and he's sort of new to the. He's sort of new to it all. He has a few that he's purchased, but I mean, it just we've been like gazelle intense for the past year and a half, and so. I'm feeling a little a little like hey that's a little there you get to buy a five thousand dollar gun what about my five thousand dollar bag or you know I, we, we've really been we've really really been these past years so it just been yeah. kind of off to buy a five thousand dollar gun we're still in the middle of trying to buy
1: a house so.
0: right well you're at the stage that you would buy items if you wanted to um, uh-huh. but it's 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 just so fresh off the back of the debt snowball that it feels weird I'm sure. Um, it does. So I, uh, uh, you know, I think if you came in and said, "I want to buy a five thousand dollar Louis Vuitton," he might have a double backflip.
3: <laughs> Would he? I think so. I mean, I, he, well, okay. So I, I, I posted back to him and I said, "Well, what about you know? I, I'm not a bad person. I, I'm a bad gal. I just want to, you know, I, I really want a house. That's really what I want. Mm-hmm. So I'm like, no, you're, you're setting back our goals." By you wanting to buy this gun, I mean we could probably save five thousand dollars in two months and cash flow. The gun
0: you, you but, have, you, you have know. the five thousand dollars now. It would just you'd put it back yeah, in the do. seventy-two thousand, right? We do, we yeah. do,
3: we yeah.
0: do. So that's not we the do. issue, but the issue is just a matter of priorities. Which one comes? So here, here's what Sharon and I learned. We we decided it's not no. It's just which one comes first. Hmm. So we got in an argument yeah. like this about the time we were at the same place you were. She was driving a god awful nasty old blue Astro van with nine hundred million miles on it. You know the two tone blue ones? Like redneck ugly. You know what I'm <laughs> talking about. And if you're driving one out there, I'm sorry, but it were redneck ugly when we had one too. So and and it was newer back then. So she's driving that and she wants to upgrade to a suburban. She's got a house full of kids. And, uh, you know, we're off the back end of this bankruptcy stuff. We're starting to make some money. And I'm like, you know, 20000 bucks or whatever the stinking thing was. I can, I can do a lot of work at the office for that. And I was wanting to do some investing in stuff here at Ramsey. And she's wanting to buy this car. And um, so, you know, we got in this big thing about it. And what we finally sat down and figured out was it's just a matter of when. Yeah. And so she got the car first. And it, and then uh, as soon as that was done, then I got to do the investing at the office. But it wasn't like we said, you know, you can do one but can't do the other. Right. Or there's something evil or wrong about buying a $5,000 gun. That would be really hypocritical on my part because I own several. But uh, – <laughs> The one I carry on my hip is about that. So, uh, but the uh, uh, so I mean I, I'm 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 sympathetic with him, but I'm also sympathetic with you. And I will tell you, sometimes when I get a five thousand dollar gun, it does cost me a Louis Vuitton occasionally. <laughs> but the it's a deal uh, you make, it's a good it's a good trade off. But that's that's way late in the baby step seven game, right? So I I th- I think you guys just need to talk through. You know, are, are you, you're willing to wait on other luxury purchases to get the house? This is a luxury purchase. Is all it is, and which and buying in and of itself is not evil.
2: Rebecca, is he the
3: spender? Is he he the spender? is the spender. He loves to spend, and I've sort of been the. He was the one with the leases and, yeah. yeah. and all the that and all the stuff. So yeah. So so the reason I <laughs> asked ask that, that is, i like, oh, you're going back. You're going back to where?
0: Yeah. Well,
2: it's because you have a little bit of money and I'll tell you, I'm the spender in my marriage and as soon as we had our uh, emergency fund and started to save up some money, when you have a little money, if you're the spender, you're like, but I got it. What's the big deal? Like, it's very tempting to get more careless because you have a little bit. And like Dave said, this purchase is not uh, evil. It's not a bad thing. But I think for him, he's looking at the savings account going, well, I've got the money. What's the big deal? But you're looking at it from a goals perspective priority. I wonder if there's almost a compromise, too. Kind of like Dave said, not the necessary bag for gun trade right now. But it, does it have to be nothing or a $5,000 gun? Or could he get excited? You said he's new to guns. Maybe he could get a, a, a $500 gun. There's cool guns for $500 or $900. It wouldn't set you back so much that would scratch that itch uh, he, of him spending some fun. He's already got some, some of those. <laughs> um, <laughs> I wonder if there's a, there's a, I if there's work, a middle ground. work.
0: Nah. Wah, wah, wah. If
2: not, if not, if not, then I think you have the conversation about, like you said, what comes first in priorities. Because to you, you're looking at it as this is going to set you back. But he's looking at it like, hey, we've got the money. What's the big okay, deal?
0: Here, Here's the good part of the whole discussion. A, you're discussing it. B, you're going to pay cash for whatever you do. And you're going to be in agreement. If you can continue on that pattern, you will be successful with money regardless. Mm -hmm. And so it could be that you're saying that, you know, I'd like to go on a $5,000 trip. Well, that that would be okay and delay the house down payment by $5,000. That would be okay too. That's back when people traveled. You remember those days. And so – uh, I would say cruise, but we would all laugh out loud right now and so but as an example, you know you could spend that five thousand dollars a lot of different ways, but in any of those cases, it would be okay, but you 're choosing to delay your house by that little bit amount when you do that so one lo- uh, one last idea is um, I would either say wait until after the house, but maybe you just say you know when we get to uh, you know we 're seventy two now we need one fifty is our goal when we get to x between now and 150 maybe we stop there and you have a splurge and he has a splurge and then we re-engage the house thing or something like that uh you know maybe maybe there's a couch that you want to buy i don't know whatever it is because none of those things at your stage are out of line with what we teach they're they're wise purchases they're fine purchases it's just a matter of what you want what you said christy's exactly right what do you want what does he want and the good news is we talk about it And certainly on an expensive thing like that.
2: It's good to know who's the saver and spender, though, because when I went back to my marriage, Matt and I, I'm the spender, he's the saver. If Matt came to me and said, I want to buy a $5,000 gun... I wouldn't even question that purchase because he never he never wants to spend money. It's such a big deal when he does that that's such a uh out of character thing. It's such an exciting thing like, yeah, what's this purchase? Let's let's, you know, make sure we've got the savings and so on. But for me, I have to know my t- temptation, which is usually to rein it in because yeah. I'm the spender. So, so for that's you to a know, you're part
0: of the discussion too. Yeah. You know, it's a good thing to say out loud. Look, um I'm the I'm the tightwad and so I'm the no person, the dream killer. I don't want to be that person, but you also don't want to be the spender that runs us back into the hole we just got out of yeah. because a lot of those purchases were you and when you bring this pattern to me it scares me Yeah, and that's a fair thing to say Yeah,
2: to know what your weak spots are
0: yeah and so um, you know Sharon and I have had those discussions because I'm the spender mm-hmm. and she would say you know when you're doing this or acting this way it's reminding me of back when we went bankrupt yeah And uh, it, like, like opens up that wound. Yeah. You know, and so just have that discussion. Just talk about it out loud. Then you can walk through and come up with plans to get some stuff. You know, whether whether it's a couch, a gun, a purse, a, a trip, I don't care, or a house. None, all of those things are proper. There's not like you're an absolute idiot for doing one of those others. It's not. This is the stage that you would do those things at, but only when you both feel good about it. And honestly, Rebecca, you might be more concerned about his pattern of spending than you are this actual purchase. It might be bothering the, that it's looking like it did before, like it did with Sharon. So good good discussion. Thank you for calling in. This is the Dave Ramsey Show.
2: It's Kelly, associate producer and phone screener for The Dave Ramsey Show. This episode is over, but if you heard about an event, product, or service and didn't have a chance to write it down, don't worry. We list everything you've heard about during this episode in the podcast show notes or head to DaveRamsey.com. Thanks for listening.
0: Money isn't the only thing we talk about around here. Get life-changing advice on your career from my good friend and career expert, Ken Coleman on The Ken Coleman Show. According to a recent Gallup poll, nearly 70% of Americans are disengaged
5: at work. If you dread going into work every Monday morning and you're just trying to make it to the weekend, The Ken Coleman Show is for you. Everyone has a sweet spot. Your sweet spot is at the intersection of your greatest talent and greatest passion. We will help you discover what it is you were born to do and then we'll help you create a plan to make your dream job a reality. You matter, and you have what it takes.
0: Join the conversation on The Ken Coleman Show. Hear more from the Ramsey Network, including The Ken Coleman Show, wherever you listen to podcasts. Hey, it's James, producer of The Dave Ramsey Show. This episode is over, but check the episode notes for links to
4: products and services you've heard about during this episode. Thanks for listening.